Welcome to The Magic of Music, a podcast about why music is so important to us, and I'm your host, Matt Speaker. Well, hello, friends. Today, I am going to talk to you about something magical, as you can imagine. I'm going to talk to you about the three domains of learning or of understanding, and don't let this scare you. It, it is philosophical, but I promise you I'll make this understandable and enjoyable even. And this is will be miscellany number seven. Uh, I've noticed now that I've published some of these and, and there's several of you listening, that a lot of you are just starting right where I am uh, working on things as the week goes by. And I'm going to encourage you to back up and listen to number one in particular. I want to encourage you to listen to all of them. I think you'll enjoy them. But number one in particular talks about my heart about this project and why I want to do this and this whole concept of music being magical. Uh, there's a parody that I think you will enjoy. And uh, just, again, I think it's something that would be good to review from time to time about this particular project. And just to explain that term miscellany as well. So I think that will be very helpful. I guess that's why I was, I was bringing that up. Uh, as I said, miscellany, I thought, yeah, you might want to know what that is. So, uh, so number one, go back to number one and uh, listen to this parody and to the description of a miscellany. And I think things will make a little bit more sense to you. Now, when I say three domains of understanding or three domains of learning, I can almost hear this groan <laughs> through the through my headset uh, from people because yes, it's philosophical. But again, like I said earlier, I promise I won't get weird. I'll make it fun. And actually, it's quite important to our music profession. I have some questions for you. When we understand something, what are we doing? Are we able to categorize these things that we learn or these things that we understand. How do we come to understand the world around us? Have you really ever thought about this? Have you ever thought deeply about some of these things? It's kind of like, you know, what makes us tick and what are those things? Well, some people have put a lot of thought into this and it's been determined that we have three categories. When we learn something, we can, we can put them into three different kinds of categories or sometimes, often, actually, they are called domains. So when you think about being in a domain, think about being surrounded by how this place works. Lived in Germany for a couple of years, and if I consider that as a domain, there are certain things in Germany that just work a certain way, and you figure this out. <laughs> and so you live in that, kind of like a, when in Rome, be a Roman type of a thing. So that's what a domain is. Now, there's no hierarchy to these three domains. In other words, one is not more important than the other. But uh, I'm going to start with an obvious domain, and then I will move to a second domain. And then the third one might not be so obvious to many people. The obvious domain is one called a psychomotor domain. So this is how we learn through the physicalness of life, how we move in our world and understand our world and our senses as well. Another word I like regarding movement is kinesthetic, and I kind of like breaking this particular word down. The root of the word is Greek, kinesis. It means to move, like kinesiology is the study of movement. In Germany, I mentioned that when we lived in Germany, we would go to the kino to watch a motion picture film. 
uh, what I just say, a motion picture, right? Pictures that move <laughs> to watch a film. And that was called a kino. So movement is the idea here. And aesthesis or aesthetic is a Greek word for perception. So kinesthetic is the perception through our senses or, or learning through our senses is what we would say as in psychomotor domain. So we are aware of our world and we learn about our world through its physicalness, through the movement, through senses like touch and smell, sight and those kinds of things. And frankly, this is the very first one we figure out, right? <laughs> right at birth, all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I better start breathing. And that's just being part of our world. And we learn many, many things through movement. For example, today we have got a beautiful snow. It's a very gentle snow and it's gorgeous out there. And when I look outside and I see these fluffy little things floating to the ground very gently, I learned a very long time ago that when I see this called snow, that it can mean only one thing. That's cold outside. And if it's cold outside, what better I do? I better put on a coat when I go outside. It's because it's going to be cold. And I don't want to be freezing cold, so I put on a coat. So I learned through my senses. I learned through my sight. Uh, this time of year, we figured out that that's what we need to be doing in terms of physicalness. Another domain is the cognitive domain. This is to learn and to know about our world through thinking about it. So tucked inside of this word is the word know, but it's spelled G-N-O, uh, which means to know, K-N-O, right? We have the word prognosis, which means to make a declaration about something that is believed to be true. Our graduate students that are getting a master's at our university have a capstone project, many programs do, and we allow them to do one of three things. One of the things they can do is write something called a cognate, which means it's a kind of a fancy word for a really in-depth paper about something that they have learned and that they understand deeply. So, and cognate is to know something. And we learn and understand our world through thinking about it, just cognition. The entire scientific method is developing a hypothesis. And how do you come up with one of those? Well, you think about it. <laughs> right? You, you make a decision about something, and then you set out to either prove or disprove this hypothesis. This is cognition. This is thinking. When I look outside right now, I see snow. And maybe I would like to learn more about why it exists and why it can only exist in cold temperatures. This would be my way of understanding snow, understanding the world around me, simply through thinking and through cognition. The final domain is affective. And this is to learn and to know about our world through emotions. And people don't really realize that this is a domain. This is just as important as the physicalness of learning and understanding our world or the mental cognition that it takes to learn or know about our world. But understanding our world through our emotions is incredibly important. Now, recent, in the education world anyway, there's been a recent movement to understand this, and we call this um, a social-emotional learning, and it fits into this domain as well. So one way to consider this is through uh, valuing. Think about it. If you value something, like a character trait of honesty, do you? 
Well, the answer is yes. Most of us say we value honesty. Well, good. Why do you value honesty? And think about that and come up with some words right now. Were those words emotional words? I bet they were. And that is the effect of the domain. You can't explain that value through physicalness, and you probably don't explain it very well through cognitive thoughts and words. But through emotions, yep, I get it. I understand why I value honesty. Snow at this time of year excites me. I, I look out there and I'm like, yes, that's great. I get excited. Oh, what is that word? Excitement or being excited. This is emotion, right? This is part of the effective domain. Now, why go through all this? We're talking about music after all. Very good question, and I am so glad that you asked. Music as a subject or an activity is magical. Surprised that I'm saying that? One way that is magical is because when you do music or when you teach music, you are involved in all three modes at the same time. This is incredible. Many subjects will just stay in one mode. Math tends to stay in one mode. Now, there might be a physicalness to it. Uh, there is an aesthetic to it. It's really hard to find it for, for most of us. But uh, when you're really in math, most of the time, you just stick to cognition. When you are in um, PE, right? Your physical education, you're learning about um, movement and you're learning, uh, you know, how to dribble a basketball or something. You pretty much stay in that. Now there are other aspects to it and hopefully your teacher helps you with that. But frankly, that's, that's pretty much the bulk of it. Music does not do that. It doesn't stay in one. It's in all three. And this is exciting. It's incredibly valuable. And people need to understand this, especially students need to understand this, parents and administrators. We need to talk more about this all of the time. So, for example, I had this incredible privilege of working with middle school kids in northern Indiana last weekend. And it was uh, an all-region group. We have an ASTA organization in our state, and they had me be the conductor for this and it was fabulous. And I talked to the kids about all three of these all the time. I had four rehearsals with them. We did a performance, and it was remarkable. Physical learning through movement. They did that every time they stuck a string instrument under their chin, or they put a bow down on a cello or a bass. To coordinate a finger with a bow at the right moment, the right time, is incredibly physical. That's just one example of how we were in this psychomotor domain. That's one example how they understand through kinesthetics how music works. A cognitive, oh, give me a break. And they're always thinking. And they were, middle school kids were so on the ball and so into it. Uh, by and large, they were on the end of their seat and we worked hard together. And we were, and uh, you know, they understand, you know, notes, just something simple like notes or key signatures or terms. I talked to them about chord structures and why a perfect fifth is so cool. I talked to them about form of the music and much, 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 much more. It's an incredibly cognitive activity for an entire day. And it's quite interesting if you think about it. How are we able to engage? I don't know. I had maybe 70 kids on the stage all day long in one activity. Well, because music can do that for you. And then finally, 
the effective domain. Music teachers, I hope I can impress on you to talk more about this because this is incredible. When you talk to parents in, in a real way, when you talk to kids in a real way and administrators in a real way about why you deserve to be in that building and the effective domain is incredible. When I was with the kids, one of our pieces, we pretended we were a dragon. We were describing a dragon through music. Quite fun. Another piece, we were a secret agent. <laughs> and through the music, we were like 007. Pretty cool. Another piece, we described the creepiness that you would get if you saw a boat with no people on it. And this was a real thing that happened the piece was called Ghost Ship, and there was a boat that left the United States and was on its way to Italy. Uh, I don't know, this was in 1800s or something, and it never made it. And people are like, hmm, oh, it's horrible. Maybe they drowned. And then all of a sudden, the boat showed up, but no crew, not a single person. <laughs> That's creepy. And the music describes this creepiness. This is the effect of Domain. And then my favorite piece we actually conveyed peace, actual peace. This was a, a music written by Florence Price. It was called Adoration. Is there value, listen carefully, folks, is there value in teaching peace to our children, especially in this day and age? Let me show you what I mean. I'm going to play a little bit of this for you, just the opening line of it. This is... Um, performance by the Nova Orchestra of Wien and um, Florence Price was an African-American composer and she was remarkable in many ways in this particular piece I just love it it was originally an organ piece but it's been rewritten for string orchestra and it fits really really well so take a listen to this need to listen to the whole thing. When I talk to the kids about we're going to create a landscape and whatever is peaceful to you, think about that. And for me on a snowy day with, with gentle snow falling, this is peaceful. And listening to this gorgeous music does that. Is that valuable? Is there a lot of value in helping kids with that? I will put that into the show notes and uh, encourage you to listen to the whole thing. Folks, make it your mission to help people be aware, especially students, parents, administrators, that what you do as a music teacher or what you do as a musician is absolutely more valuable than people realize. You're not simply entertaining people. That's not the point of music. It does that. But it does so much more than that. You give the children opportunity to fire up their entire brain, their whole brain, the entire time that they are with you in that room. When students are doing music, they are moving intricately. They are thinking constantly. They feel very deeply. 
And for many students, this is the only time that they are engaged in this way all day long. You are more valuable than you realize. Write me at themagicofmusicms at gmail.com. Have a great day.